Today, we begin with goodbye. Goodbye to shame. Goodbye to the way things used to be. Goodbye to regret and bitterness. Goodbye to apathy. Goodbye to business as usual. Goodbye to the lies that deceived us. Goodbye to whatever is holding us back. And hello to freedom in Jesus. Say hello to second chances. God is a God of second chances. That is a beautiful thing. I'm glad God is a God of second chances. Because without second chances, a lot of us wouldn't be here. Amen. Now this morning you had a second chance. You woke up. You were able to, you were able to breathe. I don't know if, uh, if you have ever messed up so bad. You messed up so bad something, you know, that, that you thought you would not get a second chance, but then you still got a second chance. Uh, I remember uh, reading one of the many stories about Thomas Edison. Uh, as he was working on the crazy thing about the light bulb, right? And, and it took hours and hours to put the first light bulb together. And, and I, I know we all hear stories about Thomas Edison and, the, and, the, and you know making this, uh, doing this light bulb. Uh, but the story goes. This one specific story uh, says that Thomas Edison finished the light bulb and uh, he gave it to a young boy helper. He gave it to a young boy helper, and uh, he was so nervous and he was carrying it up the stairs. And when this, this young man was carrying the light bulb in his hands, he, he was so nervous that he was trying to be careful with the light bulb in his hands. But as he was carrying it the, up the stairs, when he got to the second floor, you can imagine what happened, right? He dropped it and broke it. And, and so now... Thomas Edison, instead of getting mad and, and saying, you know, trying to say all these bad things to this young boy, he just put himself to work with his team again and made, made another one. So when it was time to take the light bulb again up the stairs, who do you think he gave it to? He gave it to the same boy. And the reason he gave it to the same boy is because he knew that this young man... By getting a second chance, he was going to be extra careful in making sure he didn't mess up this second chance. And so many times in our lives, we get a second chance after second chance to make things better, to fix things, to, 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 to do right what was done wrong. And when we get those second chances, it's important for us to understand God gives us second chances for us to take advantage of those second chances, for us not to mess up again. It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean we're never going to mess up again. But what it means is that you get a second chance, and at that moment you're getting that second chance. We should take advantage of that moment. I'm glad for second chances. I don't know about you, but I'm glad about, for second chances. I got so 
so many second chances from God and I'm glad he did otherwise I would be lost without second chances and so I want to speak this morning about the story in the Old Testament about a man's disobedience and I don't know how many of us can, can, can get familiar with this story or can, can, can identify with this story within ourselves but I want to talk to you about a man's disobedience the consequence he experienced because of his disobedience the God in the story there is a God who gives him a second chance but at the end of the story we will see how the man responds sometimes to second chances because when you get a second chance you also have the opportunity to respond to that second chance. You are responsible how you respond. So let's open up our Bible in the book of Jonah. If you have your Bible, open up your Bible in the book of Jonah. We're going to be in Jonah chapter 1 all the way through chapter 4. You're going to be like, oh, how is the pastor going to get through this in the next 35 to 40 minutes in four chapters? Yes, we are going to see an overview of the book of Jonah. Uh, in the past we've seen uh, chapter 1 and 2. Today we are going to see all the way through chapter 4. Uh, so open up your Bibles in the book of Jonah. And if you don't have a Bible, please stop by the Connect Center after the service and make sure, make sure you see sign up and we will order a Bible for you. And if not, you can also open up your phone, you can open up a tablet, whatever you have to read your Bible, just uh, go there to the book of Jonah and we are going to be going uh, back and forth in the book of Jonah. And so, well, we, we're going to see an overview of this book, this amazing story starts with God giving a man a clear command. God gave Jonah clear instructions of what God wanted Jonah to do. God is always clear to mankind. God has never confused people. We get confused a lot of times because of our own desires. Because a lot of times we want to do things the way we want. Because we think our ways are always better. A lot of times we get confused within ourselves because we want to do things the way we say so, the way we want to, but God is always clear in what He's asking from us. And when we don't listen to God the way He wants us to listen, a lot of times we get confused, we mess up really bad, and then what happens after that? So we're going to start in chapter 1 of Jonah, when God gave Jonah a clear, clear instructions. Look at chapter 1, and, and if you don't have a Bible, if you don't have phone or tablet, the, the verse is still going to be here. So most of the time, these verses on the screen are for people who are new and don't bring a Bible. And so, but I, I hope you bring a Bible to church. Right? And, uh, but in verse 1 and 2, it says that the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, and he told Jonah clearly, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its witness has come up before me. God was clear in his command. God is always clear in what he's expecting us to do. His commands. His scripture is always clear. I, I don't understand a lot of times when people say, well, you know what, what does this mean? When God says, don't do this, what does it really mean? It means don't do it. 
And if it's a command and he says, this is what I'm expecting from you guys, what does that really mean? And, and people, a lot of times, people think that, that we are going to find some secret idea. And when God says no, it's no. And when he says yes, it's yes. And unfortunately, so many times, even if we, are, if we clearly understand what God is telling us, we try to find reasoning. We try to find excuses to do our own will and not His will. Thinking we know a lot of times, thinking we know better than God does. So God's commands are clear. So when He comes to Jonah, He tells Jonah, this is clearly what I want you to do. This is what I'm telling you. Avoid this other stuff in life. Just concentrate and taking my instructions to Nineveh and preach to them the gospel. They are so bad. They are so so evil. The Ninevites were very evil people. They were masters in torturing people, torturing their enemies. They were very wicked people. But they were so wicked that they were, because of their ignorance, they were wicked. In chapter 4, we'll see in a little bit, when in chapter 4, God tells Jonah, you know, I have mercy on these people because they don't know their right from their left. They were so ignorant that they were so wicked and they would destroy their enemies in a mean way. And so God gives Jonah a clear understanding, clear instructions. And he tells Jonah, this is what I want you to do. So again, I want us to make sure we understand that this story begins with this command, with these instructions. God, in our story, in our own story, in our personal story, God has given us clear instructions in the scriptures. The instructions are clear of what God wants from us. That God wants a relationship with us. God wants us to close, to, to, for us to walk close to Him, to, to walk with Him, to obey His commands. God wants, to, wants us to obey His commands because He wants to bless our lives. He wants us to experience the hope that we can only have in Jesus. So what did Jonah do? What did Jonah do? Jonah just ignored God's instructions. Does that sound familiar? Have you ever met anybody who ignores God's instructions? Yeah. And sometimes, have you ever met somebody that you know this is what the Bible says, but, you know what, once you put a but in there, it's always a problem. It's always a problem. You are already looking for an excuse to do what you want to do, not what God wants you to do. And so Jonah ignored God's instructions. Look, look at what happened there. In verse 3. In verse 3 says, But Jonah, remember there's always a but, right? But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction. So let me ask you something. Have you ever gone the opposite direction of what God has told you to? No, absolutely, Jonah. We never do that stuff, huh? We never do. He got away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a chick living to Tarsus. And, and I show you this map in the past. I don't know how long ago was that, but I show you. I think I show you this map in the past. I, I want you to. I want you to see this. I want you to see where uh, Job is in this part right here, where there's a letter A right there. He's in Israel, and he is down there. Nineveh was only to the left. It's up in the up in the upper left. That's where Nineveh was. But instead of going there, he takes a boat that's going to take him all the way, all the way as far as he can from God. Not from God. 
because he knew he couldn't get away from God. Guess what? Go whatever you want, do whatever you want, God's going to be there. You know, God is omniscient. And He's omnipresent. He knows everything and He's everywhere. So no matter where you go, you, we can never hide from God. And here is, uh, here is Jonah saying, you know what, so He told me to do this. I'm not going to do what He told me to do. I'm going to do all the opposite that He told me to do. But besides doing the opposite, I'm, I'm going to try to get as far away from God as I can. It's like, Jonah, you're a prophet. You know better than that. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter where you are, God is going to be there. And, and so, he was trying to escape uh, from the Lord by sailing to Tarsus. And so, uh, you know, how, how, do you feel, how do you feel when your children ignore your instructions? Those who have children. How do you feel when your children ignore your instructions? Do you get mad? They're like, I was clear what I told you to do, right? So here is God telling Jonah, basically, I told you clearly what to do, Jonah. You didn't listen. So then the process of consequences start. The consequences begin. And, and let, let me just say this. A lot of times, we do things not expecting to have consequence for what we do. Is that possible? We usually reap what we sow. Actions have consequences. So Jonah purposely disobeyed the Lord. And so the consequences begin. And, and then a lot of times when we are experiencing the consequences for our bad decisions, we always try to blame someone else. In Jonah's case, i got to give it to him. He took responsibility. Because when he began to experience consequences, and the sailors in the same boat that he was on it, asked him, what did you do? Jonah said, yeah, it is because of my fault. Throw me out. Throw me in the sea. Let me die. Because it is my fault, he said. He took responsibility for what happened. And so in the process, the process began, and in, in verse 4 of chapter 1 it says, But the Lord sent a powerful wind to the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. So the, 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 Lord, the, the Lord, a lot of times, the Lord sends winds our way. And if we don't listen, that wind is going to become a storm. And that's why a lot of times people go from one thing and it, it just escalates to the other thing, and to the other thing, and to the other thing. And instead of getting, getting better, it's getting worse, it's getting worse, it's getting worse. And the reason it gets worse and worse and worse is because the more you take, the longer you take to listen to what God is telling you, the worse it's going to get. And, and let me tell you what God did. God did it to Jonah. God purposely did it to Jonah. And, and we'll see that in a minute. But the bad decisions, Jonah was not the only one who was being affected. When the ship was going to, it was putting the ship to break apart, the sailors were there and the sailors were also afraid. It says in chapter 1, they were so afraid. What's going to happen? Are we going to die? Because when you don't obey God and you are paying the consequences, a lot of times you're not the only one who will experience those consequences. Do you know if the people close to you will? 
Do you know that your children will experience some of the consequences that are your consequences? A lot of times other people that we care, that we love, will experience those consequences because we choose to go as far away from the Lord or from His commands. And in verse, in verse 5 of chapter 1, it says that all the sailors were afraid. They did not know what to do at that point. And in verse 8, if you have your Bible, you can see it there. The sailors questioned Jonah, who are you? And Jonah said, you know, well, I, uh, I am a Hebrew. I am a prophet of the Almighty God, God of the earth and the, and the sea. And these guys were like, oh, so it is you. You are the problem. You, what did you do to God? And these guys were all afraid and they didn't want to do anything against Jonah because he belonged to God. And in verse 11, since the storm, it says that the storm was getting worse all the time. What did I say before? If you don't listen to God, the longer you take, the worse your life, the worse the consequence is going to get. Let's not ignore that. God is a God of second chances. But until you don't repent and ask for that second chance, things sometimes are just going to get worse and worse and worse. That's why the saying comes when it rains, it pours. And in verse and in verse 11, it says that the storm was getting worse, and they asked him, what should we do to stop the storm? And, and in verse 12, he responds. He, his response is, it amazes me. Because in verse 12, he says, throw me into the sea. You know, Jonah was at a point that Jonah was suicidal. Sounds pretty strong, doesn't it? But he was. Because this is not the only time when Jonah wants to die be before obeying God. I'd rather die than obeying God. He's sticking to his guns. And, and it's like, no, Jonah, that's not. And God says, okay, that's the way you want to go. I have a different way for you. And he says, just throw me into the sea. Jonah said, and I will be, and, and he will be calm, calm again. I know that this terrible storm, it's all my fault. So he recognizes that. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, the, the, in verse 15, the sailors uh, pick up Jonah and threw him out. And in verse 17, the Lord says, but the Lord, notice this, the Lord himself had a range for a great fish to swallow Jonah. So a lot of times, let me ask you this. Do you think God has arranged a fish for you? If you're not listening to God, do you think He arranges something? Situations? A lot of times we're in a situation that God arranged that situation for you or me to be in on purpose. Because a lot of times, if He doesn't put us in that situation where we experience the adversity, we will not listen. And here is God arranging the fish. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. So there's a question that I, 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 it comes to my mind when it comes to that. And the question is, if Jonah, Jonah knew what to do, let me tell you that. To get, to, 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 to get rid of all these consequences, Jonah knew what to do. And we'll see it in a minute. 
But instead of doing what he was supposed to do, Jonah waited three days to do what he knew what to do. He waited for three days. Uh, and, and so what we see here is that if there is no repentance, it will just get worse. If there is no repentance, it will just get worse. So he arranged the fish, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. And, and I want you to see that the disobedience to God affected Jonah in a physical, mental, and an emotional and emotionally, uh, in different ways, physically, mentally, and emotionally, it affects Jonah. When we are in disobedience to our direct and clear command from God, we know, we know when we are not doing the right thing, that it affects us in different ways. Everything in our, everything in us is connected. You cannot disconnect the physical from the emotional. You cannot disconnect the physical, the emotional from the mental. It's all, we are one whole being. We, we are all connected. And, and that's why doctors, doctors come up with these studies where, you, you know, 85 to 90% of all sickness, physical sickness, physical illness, come from emotional situations. You know, and then when you're emotionally not okay, you're mentally not okay. Because when your emotions get the best of you, you cannot think straight. And so here is Jonah, going about experiencing all this stuff. Experiencing all these consequences because of his bad decisions. So what happens in Jonah chapter 2? We move on to Jonah chapter 2 now. The consequence will, will hit every part of your being. In, chapter, in verse 3 of chapter 2, it says... Jonah is recognizing what happened while he was in the belly of the fish. And he says, you threw me. He tells God, you threw me into the ocean's depths. So he recognized that it's God disciplining him for not listening to God. You threw me into the ocean's depths and I sank down to the heart of the sea. Now I want you to think for a moment. Look at those words. Read those words. And imagine... Not just physically, but how did Jonah feel to be in that situation? How was he feeling? How was his emotional stage at that moment? When he says, I'm feeling like I sank down to the heart of the sea. I'm in the deepest. I'm in the bottom of the bottom. I sank beneath the waves. And the waters close over me. So in other words, I have no way out. I'm surrounded. Have you ever felt that way when you are not doing the right thing? Or when you're experiencing consequences and you feel like, I just don't see a way out of this situation. That's how Jonah felt. Jonah felt, there's no way, I don't see a way out of this situation. Even though he knew the way out, he, he, he couldn't see it at that moment. And notice one thing that it says right there at the end of verse 5. It says, seaweed wrapped itself around my head. It didn't just affect him physically because he was in the belly of the fish physically. But it also affected him emotionally. And he felt that everything was, he, he, you know, everything was falling on top of him. But he also had seaweed, seaweed wrapped around his head. In other words, he, mentally he was not okay. The more we try to get away from God, the worse it gets. 
When God wants to deal with you, just like God wanted to deal with Jonah. And Jonah's running away, and God says, you're not going to do that. Because you're either going to do it by your own will, you're going to do it in a good way, or you're going to do it the hard way. What this shows us is that God's sovereign plan will be done whether we like it or not. It's sovereignty. It's above everything. We cannot change that. And, and it, it, you, you, either, you either get to God smooth, or you go to God this way. Ups and downs in your life. You, you make that choice. That, that's up to us if we obey or we disobey God. God wants to give us a different type of life than the one a lot of times we choose. A lot of times we choose to go up and down, up and down. And, and, and so many times we have so much lack of stability in our lives because we make those choices. We bring it over to ourselves. It's because of our own doing a lot of times. <laughs> And so Jonah is, is confused. Jonah is suffering physically, emotionally, mentally. He's got all this seaweed uh, wrapped around his head. And I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. He said, I was in prison in the earth. Whose gates locked shut forever. Jonah felt that there was no way out of the situation he got himself into. And so many times, without a doubt, we feel the same way. Most of the time, we don't want to accept that, or we don't want to tell people that. But reality is that we are broken people who go through stuff like this a lot of times. And a lot of times, we know the solution, just like Jonah did. When did Jonah finally repent? Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. That's when Jonah finally repented. As my life was sleeping away. Until I was about to die. I felt I'm, I'm about to die. So here's one thing that I want you to pay attention to. Why did it take Jonah? If Jonah knew what to do to get a better life. To get a better chance. Why did Jonah wait for three days? Why? Let me tell you why. Because if we know us, human beings, we have the tendency. We experience consequence and we don't listen. And more consequence come and we don't listen. Until we get to the worst part, then we listen. So we just let it go and let it go and let it happen and let it happen. And, and, and a lot of times, until we don't experience that very painful moment, we don't come to our senses. And, and that's what happened to Jonah here. Until my life was sleeping away. Look at what he said. Did he not know God existed? I remember the Lord. Oh, did you forget about the Lord? Well, you didn't forget about the Lord, Jonah. You knew the Lord's always there. No, you finally acknowledge that you either go the easy way or the hard way. But you are going to do what God is telling you to do. And he says, I remember the Lord and my earnest prayer went out. Now, 
You, you know when people pray, when prayers are the, the best prayers? You know when people pray the best? When they're down in the belly of the fish. When we're down in the belly of the fish, that's when we get on our knees, right? And a lot of times God allows those situations so we can pray. Because He wants to hear us pray. He wants to have that intimacy with us. He wants us to communicate with Him. And, 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 so, and so Jonah says, finally, I pray. Why do we have to wait until that point in life? Why do we have to wait until we're struggling? Why do we have to wait until we are suffering? Until we are hurting so much? Why don't we do this before? My prayer went out. And, and then Jonah was willing to do... Have you ever heard somebody who says, Lord, if you just take me out of this situation, I promise, I promise, I promise. <laughs> have you ever heard that before? Yeah. Well, that was Jonah too. Now that he was in trouble, he's like, Lord, I will fulfill my vows to you. I'll do whatever. Whatever I promise, I will do it. Well, the Bible says, if you promise something, you better fulfill that. And Jonah says, I will offer sacrifices to you. I will offer you songs of praise. I will fulfill my, all my vows. Lord, I will do everything it takes. Just get me out of trouble. The interesting thing is, sometimes I see people who God gets them out of trouble, gives them second chances. And once they get the second chance, then they go back to the old ways. Pretty sad. But when they, so when finally Jonah, Jonah gets out of this situation, and Jonah knew what to do. Why? Let's go to verse 1 and 2. Uh, let's go back to verse 1 and 2 in chapter 2. It says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. He said, I cry out, to the Lord in my great trouble, and He answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead. He felt that he was about to die. So when you read those two verses, what comes to your mind? What did Jonah knew what to do? What, what was he supposed to do? Pray and repent. A prayer of repentance. Consequences are necessary to change a life's attitude towards God. So if, if you are leaving any consequences in your life, does God want you to repent of something and get life straight? Then when Jonah asked for forgiveness, then it says in verse 10, Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Interesting. A lot of people think it was a whale, right? I don't think a whale will get so close to, to, the, to the beach. But anyways, whatever it was, it was a special fish. God had prepared this fish. Jonah gets a second chance. Look at chapter 3. Chapter 3 says, Chapter 3, notice the importance of God's will will be done. And we will do ourselves a favor. If we just learn this, it's either going to be the easy way or the hard way. You know, what do you choose? Who can resist God's will, the Apostle Paul said. Who can resist His will? His will will be done. Whether we like it or not, His will will be done. And in chapter 3, verse 1, 
the, the same thing he had told him in chapter 1 verse 2. In chapter 1 verse 2 he told him, you know, go to Nineveh, preach them, and, and let them know to repent, because if not, I'm going to destroy the city. In chapter 3 he says the same thing. So notice this, when, when he gives Jonah the second chance. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah, how many times? A second time. He's giving Jonah another chance. But basically the change was the same as he gave him the first time. Go to the great city of Nineveh. Okay, now Jonah, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it the easy way now, Jonah? Or do I have to give you, or do I have to bring another storm to your life? Do I have to bring another fish? So let me ask you. Are you out of the fish or are you in the fish? Where are you? It is important for you to know where you are. Because if you're in the belly of the fish, prayer and repentance needs to happen so you can listen to God. And God can give you, God is more than willing to give you that second chance. But the second chance has to start with you having a willing heart to listen to God. While, while, while you don't take that second chance, you, your own disobedience will affect other people in your life. And a lot of times it affects other people, but it also traumatizes people in your life. Especially the little ones. Do you know how many children, how many children grow up with all these emotional problems because of what we a lot of times as parents do and the examples we give them? It is true. And a lot of times we just don't understand that. Or we don't want to understand that. So he said, uh, Jonah finally, in verse 3, he says, Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to the end. Okay, Lord, I'm going to do it your way, not my way. So what, what is God asking for? What, what, was, was, what was, was that too hard for Jonah to do? Look at what God was asking Jonah to do. Verse 4. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city proclaiming. See, this is the only thing Jonah did was to say this. Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Did he preach the gospel? I hope you don't think so. No, Jonah only gave him a warning. Jonah, all Jonah did was 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And guess what the people did? Oh, this guy is a Hebrew. We know where this is coming from. Immediately people repent. And not just, they, they, didn't, they didn't just repent, but they also, even the king said, Hey, let's all repent. Let, 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 let's worship the Lord God. Let's all repent. Let's ask for forgiveness immediately. Notice that when Jonah gets a second chance and obeys, amazing things happen. When we listen and obey to God, God will do amazing things in us and through us. Now the interesting thing here is how Jonah responds. Jonah obeying the results were amazing. Now, before I finish, I want to ask you something. When God gives you second chances 
shouldn't you be happy if God gives other people second chances too? We should rejoice and say the mercy of the Lord. But, but sometimes, sometimes we have certain things in our hearts that we would like some people to come to the knowledge of the Lord, but not other people. Jonah was okay with the sailors in the boat repenting. They, he even told them, throw me out, throw me out of the sea. Let me die. You guys, you guys are good. You guys are good. Go and, 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 and you know worship the Lord my, my God. But the many of us, I don't want them to repent. So Jonah gets a second chance, but he he wants to choose who gets a second chance. We don't choose who gets a second chance. God wants to give everybody a second chance. God wants everybody. His will, His desire is for all men to repent. That was interesting here. Because when we get to chapter 4, and God forgives these people, God is so loving that He is more willing to give second chances. And He forgave the Ninevites. And when He forgave the Ninevites, which was His plan all along, He just wanted to use Jonah to do this. When He gets to chapter 4, notice Jonah's reaction towards God, towards His love and mercy for others. Jonah chapter 4, you know, how should I respond to God's love and forgiveness? Be thankful, not resentful. Be thankful, not resentful. But Jonah says in chapter 4, verse 1, Jonah, this seems, Jonah said this seems very wrong, and he became angry. What a guy. What a believer. He was angry because people were repenting and turning to the Lord. So when you get a second chance, your reaction should be a reaction of gladness when God gives others a second chance. Or your reaction is going to be to resent God for giving others a second chance. And notice what Jonah did in verse 2. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't that what I said, Lord? When I was still at home, that is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarsus. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God. Jonah was right on. You are a gracious and compassionate God. Slow to anger and abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. That is who God is. Jonah knew it. Jonah had it right. So when we get second chances, shouldn't we pray to the Lord to give other people second chances too? Instead of resenting, Instead of saying, I hope God takes care of that person. Have you ever heard that before? Men, I hope God takes care of it. Oh, no, no. And sometimes we say, no, we're just giving it up to the Lord. But we try to see ourselves, look ourselves like if we were too spiritual, right? So spiritual. And we're basically desiring that God will get somebody a second chance, right? Yeah, right. Who chooses that person who gets a second chance? So Jonah got a second chance, but was not happy. And I want to finish with this. Jonah wanted, he wanted to get things his way. That's why in verse 3 he says, Now Lord, take away my life. This is the second time he does this. 
And the first one, throw me away. Throw me out of the, the, the boat. And this one, Lord, take away my life. For it's better for me to die than to live. Than to live what? Seeing other people repenting. This is amazing. When God gives a second chance, our response should be of goodness. But, you know, goodness because we gladness because of God's goodness. Uh, we should have a thankful heart. We should desire the best for other people and be happy for them. If they have truly believed the message and repent, we should be happy for that. And in verse 4 of chapter 4, he said, But the Lord replied, Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? You know what Jonah gets to be in this chapter 4? If you read the whole chapter, you'll notice that Jonah acts like a spoiled bride. Completely like a spoiled bride. I want to die. I want to die. I can imagine Jonah. You know, I want to die. And, and God uses his sense of humor. You know God has a sense of humor, right? I love the way God does things sometimes. And so what God does to Jonah... He says, I give you a second chance. And look at what you're worried about. And I'll finish with this. So I hope you, you get what I'm trying to say here. God says, uh, so Jonah goes up. On, on, verse five, on verse 5 of chapter 4, he goes up to a hill. And he sits in that hill. He sits on that hill. And looks at Nineveh. And he's there like waiting. Okay, when is God going to destroy this city? God just told him, I forgave them. And he's like, let's see when God is going to destroy the city. So he's there. So God allows this branch to come up. So Jonah gets shaved for one day. And when he gets shaved, Jonah is so happy. Oh man, this plant, this tree is giving me shade. I'm all happy, I'm all good. And then God says, so let's see what happens. This is God's sense of humor. God sends a warm. And eats the plant in the same day. So the next day, Jonah is waiting for the city, and Jonah is getting the sun in his head, and he says that he burned his head because there was no more plant. And Jonah, now he was happy when the plant was there, now he's angry. And he's so angry because now Jonah's like, I didn't get things my way. Spoiled brat. You know, how come I didn't get things my way? And Jonah is getting angry again. And guess what he, tell, what he tells God? He tells God in verse, um, in verse 8, he says, It would be better for me to die than to live. And in verse 9, he says it again. He said, I am so angry. Why are you angry, Jonah? God asked him for the second time. And he says, yeah, I am so angry. I wish I were dead. Really, Jonah? You wish you were dead. And the Lord said, "This is I love the way God finishes this book. Because the Lord says, You have been concerned about this plan. He was angry because of the plan that dried out. That the war ate. You have been concerned about this plan, though you didn't tend it or make it grow. It's planned out overnight and die overnight. You are more concerned about the plan. Shouldn't I be concerned for 120,000 people who are in Nineveh that they want to repent and walk with me? So, a principle that I learned in there is that a lot of times we get second chances. 
And a lot of times, even when we get a second chance, we worry about the insignificant things of life. And we don't pay attention to those things who really have eternal value. Isn't that amazing? But sometimes we can be worried about these little details. Excuse my French. Stupid things. And we, we, like, we, we get so worried about all these little things. Little dumb things. But we don't worry about the eternity. God is telling Jonah here. You got a second chance. Love the second chance. Take advantage of the second chance. And stop worrying about these little things. And worry about those things who have that have eternal value. God has given us all second chances. Why don't we start worrying about the things that have eternal value? Why don't we get our postcards and go share it in all the neighborhoods? Well, hold on, for the Thanksgiving dinner, is it really that we're going to turkey again? <laughs> Let's stop worrying about the little things, right? Are we really going to fit up there? Don't worry if we fit up there. You know, we'll get out and let the visitors sit in there and eat dinner. Those are the little things. And it's more important to worry about others, you know, those things that have eternal value. Those little things distract us so much from doing the real thing God wants us to do. The real thing God wants you to do is to make sure that as you got a second chance, and many of them, that you also let people know God is willing to give them second chances. Talk to them. Tell them of the hope that is only found in the life-changing relationship with Jesus. Tell them that. That has eternal value, my friends. Let's stop worrying about these little things. And let's, let's worry about eternal value. Father in heaven, we just thank you. Please stand. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy, Lord. You have been so good to us. There's nothing we can say more than just thank you. And Father, I pray that as we start a new series of thankfulness, that we will come and that we will be thankful for all those chances that you have given us, Lord. And that we will be thankful for those that you are given second chances. Even if we don't like them, just like Jonah didn't like the Nephites. But your will and your love and your mercy will prevail. 